Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? It's going good. Been yeah. a bit. Uh, crazy week last week. Yeah, well, crazy crazy lives, not so crazy, Faye. It was a pretty quiet in-game. Yeah. Yeah. So we decided That's to take a week off. Mildly. Well... Yeah, I mean, we we get into it, but it, w- it was a very quiet week. So uh, I was actually taking out uh, an in-ground pool. So I was Sunday night basically out. Like I I was out of commission by the time I got inside, and I, and I think even before I went out to work, I was just like Eddie, it's a quiet week. Let's take a knee, and uh, we'll come back next week when we know we'll have our bridal uh, our bridal heroes to talk about. So yeah. I mean- yeah. We had discussed it earlier in the week because it was a quiet week and we didn't exactly have any topics uh, already prepped for when we didn't have any characters or anything. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but we do have some ideas for future quiet weeks because I think we estimated there's usually there's usually one every once a month or maybe once every other month depending on how we land. Yeah, depending on how we land and you know whether or not they do something unexpected or whatever, but with the new pattern they've been going with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's likely to be one once a month where we're in between banners. Yeah, and uh, speaking of banners, we did get a banner this week, a special heroes banner. The bridal yes. uh, bloom banner goes until the 22nd of June, and that's the big one uh, that I know yeah. I, I want to talk about, but there's lots going on. Um, well, that would be last year's banner with Sanaki, Tharja, uh, and... You got, which one uh, is it? Bridal Belonging. Bridal Belonging is the new one. And then there's another with, one that started... With the four uh, brides, and we got the Tempest Trial with the groom. Yeah. And um, I don't have it noted here, but today, I believe, we got the the first bridal banner that came up, and I, I don't remember what it was, but... Yes. There are bridal three running right now. Blessings, I think? That sounds right. So, yeah. So we have Bridal Bloom, Bridal Belongings, and Bridal Blessings all going until late June. Uh, yes. Also, a Rogue Heroes with Dragon Fang started today. That goes until the 5th. And then finally, Darkness Within, if you want those new Fallen Heroes, you got until the end of May, May 30th, to get those. Now, Eddie, I, I don't want to break with tradition here, but what did you? how did you fare in your collecting this week? Uh, well, it being a seasonal banner, of course, I dove in pretty heavily uh, and actually managed to get Pent on my free wheel. Oh. Uh, it wasn't my free summon, but on in that wheel, I managed to get a Pent, um, which was nice. I uh, got the slightly abnormal bride from the banner uh it you know like i said it's seasonal banner so i kept going i ended up getting pity broken by a leith or leth the kitty that i did not have yet so that was nice um but then i got pity broken by a female morgan Uh, i can't remember if it was the same wheel as sigrun if she popped up on that wheel or if it was a different wheel i did end up getting sigrun as well uh with right out of the way um I started having so much fun. I was so pent up, I just needed to let it out with another two pence <laughs> uh, and an Ophelia, followed by a Kinchi Hanoka and a Valoria before Fjorm showed up. Uh, I think at least one or two of those were, you know, multiple summons on a wheel. Uh, can't remember exactly. I don't keep track of the exactly which time they show up. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and then, uh, yeah, finally got the Fjorm there. Um, 
But after that, I uh, ended up getting another pent, a Tibarn, and a Selkie before I finally got Tanith. I think Selkie and Tanith were on the same wheel, so I was pretty lucky, but also not lucky, because, you know, it did take a bit. Yeah, it sounds like it was quite the adventure, and, and the fact that you got, what, three pence sitting sitting in, uh, a, in a row? Pence. Four Gee, four pence. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's a joke in there. Four, four pence and a quarter. Uh, if only we were British, that joke might make sense. Um, <laughs> that's, I, I actually, funny enough, also got a pent on one of my first summons, because, I mean... Personally, I'm a I'm a guy who goes for the characters that I enjoy and like, and even though Fjorm is a newer character, she's part of the Fire Emblem myth, Fire Emblem Heroes mythos. So I wanted to get uh, her alt because she's only got a few of them. This being her second, and I was going for colorless, but I figured, hey, why why not? Along the way, I'll pull uh, randomly. I don't know any of the other heroes that are in here. Again, Telia series, I need to play them. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I did, I got pent pretty early on and then soon after Fiom showed up and I was like, you know what, calling it there. Cause a, I don't want to pull reds cause I know what hell that can be. And then I also don't want to uh, get your, the issue you had, which is having four pence show up. So I, yes. uh, I evaded I, I, that. I was, they were insisted that I repent quite a lot. <laughs> We can just keep going with these pent jokes. I think that's what I, I think the title of the show will need to be, you know, some some sort of pent joke. Um, you've basically nailed it there. But uh, you know, outside yeah. of the Brinal Banner, I did. I I was working through my tickets from the Forging Bonds over the last two weeks, and I did end up getting a uh, Rogue Cliff, which I did not have before from the Dark Darkness Within Banner. Um, just pulling there, and I realized that I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm good. Uh, I'm good with with the dark, not getting any of the darkness within guys. I just I, I stuck with Cliff and I was good. I just pretended Cliff had like a purple aura, and that made me feel better. So, well, sad. you got one of the darkness heroes, unless you slacked off. No, I did get that. I did get that. Uh, I got uh, yeah, Delthea for sure. And that's where it's nice about this game is you're always guaranteed to get a free unit from the special heroes related banner. So, um, that's always good. But yeah, it was a it was a pretty good pretty good time over the last couple of weeks getting those heroes. I'm I'm pretty happy with that, and I've got a good collection left over to save for the Mythic Banner uh, coming up in just a week or so. Um, yes, I'm I'm building that for the Mythic Banner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing as I end up spending all of them and more, but uh, yeah, not much else happened inside the game these past couple of weeks. Um, I think there was supposed to be a Grand Conquest at some point, but I don't know if that ever happened or not. I believe but, it did, and I believe okay. uh, it, there were reviews posted in the game saying, Eddie, please pay attention to Grand Conquests. We're here, we're <laughs> here. Uh, ah, well, I missed that, so... <laughs> it's weird, because it popped up on my screen, and I figured you would have gotten the same prompts, but maybe, like, your disdain for Grand Conquests is so strong <laughs> that your game just, like, it, it, it ignore. It's just like, you know what? He's not looking. Let's just... Could have, could have popped up and I was like, oh yeah, I got to do that, and then did other stuff and forgot about it. So I mean, it's the only mode that pops up and says pre-register. So like, it it literally does pop up saying, hey, play me, play me. Um, yeah. I you know what's yeah. funny with Grand Conquest? I kind of go in and I think I'm gonna get all the all the crests. I'm gonna max this out as best I can just by auto battling, and I ended up forgetting and having like twelve crests just sitting there at the end of the night, and I was like, oh crap. I forgot to go in and blow those crests. 
Um, nice. So yeah. yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm coming around on on Grand Conquest and learn to. There, there play. are times when I even miss entire battles because I didn't realize. Oh yeah, it started. So yeah, I mean it's minuscule orbs. I think it's maybe like maybe ten in total, and it's a lot of work for the ten orbs. I think it depends on how high. I think you get orbs from the tiers and two from each battle, or is it one from each battle? I think but, it's one from each battle. But there are the tiers. I'm I'm more thinking, yeah. So maybe it's more than ten, but it's not like it's not a full summon wheel for sure. Yeah, but uh, we did get some news out of game um, due to the laws passed in Belgium and all lately. Uh, Faye is actually going to be shutting down in Belgium as of August twenty seventh. Yeah. So they did some. So I, I, if you remember correctly, a couple years ago they passed. Or we're beginning to pass legislation about basically banning loot boxes or blind pulls in video games for money, and I think that or that ruling is coming to coming around. I mean, Overwatch has already pulled, you know, loot boxes in Belgium, and they didn't offer any in-game sort of mechanics to. I mean, you can still play Overwatch, but you just can't. You can't even buy the skins. You can buy them with like in-game gold that you earn, but. Um, there's only so many you, you can't buy the new ones as I it's been a long time since I played Overwatch but with Fire Emblem Heroes like they didn't even bother to and how could you really uh, and why would yeah. you redo a whole game for for such a small market um, but yeah I mean, best they could do is just give you the free heroes and that's it and that'd be like yeah that's not worth it <laughs> yeah from a development standpoint you're right they could keep offering it but you basically can't summon new heroes you just get the free ones they offer you but we talked a bit about this on this week's gamers in which we recorded last night where in the u.s there's a there's some legislation that's been put forward uh banning the same practices loot boxes and stuff and it's obviously a long ways away and that would severely impact the video game industry as a whole worldwide if the states were to enact something similar i don't think Mm -hmm. they'll happen but it's still scary to think about, especially when you see what Nintendo will do in a in a in a territory that has implemented similar legislation. So I, yeah. Also, it kind of drives me crazy when um, politicians who don't know a single thing about video games or other things decide to step in and tell you how you're allowed to enjoy get video games. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree, and that's the thing. I I don't. There's this weird thing where you know we've as gamers we've come a long way and that we fought for the for the right to be able to talk about video games without showing our resume of video games but then when people come in and they they try to change the industry we know and love you do still kind of want to ask for that resume right and yeah i guess you got a valid point there it's like kind of trying to gate gate them and some of them may play but it's still a lot of it feels like they don't play and it's more just the restrictions on stuff and not allowing people to set their own restrictions. Like, the big other one that I have an issue with is Sony deciding to censor things even harsher than Nintendo does. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there's 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 definitely a lot of news stories out there about you know censorship, and Fire Emblem, honestly, has had its fair share of uh, censorship in, in mm-hmm. you know, changes... F- full games haven't come out and not even for reason of you know censorship but more for reason of like the west can't handle this you know from a from a difficulty standpoint and and development would just be too much 
but um yeah it's it, that also bothers me and i get but then i will i will i will back that argument in the sense that i think it is important that when you're acting in your constituents best interest it's important to have the knowledge to back up what you're putting forward and i mean if you look at any of this legislation it's like it means well but it doesn't really it you you never have we not learned that solving a problem by just like cutting the whole tree down it never works you know prohibition it did not work you know uh it's that's a classic example and one many people you know wheelbarrow out but i think that I, I personally i don't like loot boxes but i like certain implementations of loot boxes i don't like the way overwatch does it i don't mind how fire emblem heroes does it i think it's it's okay for me and i think that's fine as gamers we need to choose what we're comfortable with and is it predatory <laughs> oh of course it's predatory like because they're making you pay for it but like is it that bad if you just kind of like I don't know, like, just think before you act. And I know a lot of people can't do that, but it's, yeah. yeah. We, we want to um, be in control of our own games, basically. Yeah, and for me, for Fire Emblem Heroes, it's not necessarily that I like, per se, how they do it, but it's kind of how they built the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unless they're going to have the feathers be how you summon and let you summon thousands and thousands of heroes which means there's really not much point to not just giving you every hero anyway. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how the game has to go, and I understand and accept it. Um, I have no issue with how Overwatch does it. I'm not sure what your issue is, but... I think it's just... Um, it, it's And again, it's not a... I don't want them to change the game. Uh, I think the core gameplay is fine without those loot boxes. I just personally don't find enjoyment in purchasing loot boxes i like opening them when i earn them through in-game currency but see that's my thing is like if you had a thing against loot boxes uh, specifically with fire emblem heroes where summoning is basically required you have to make that gut check at the beginning if you're absolutely against it you don't play the game and you wait for fire emblem three houses if you're like me and you're okay with loot boxes but you don't want to pay a bunch of money then you play like me and you just summon with your free orbs and occasionally buy when you feel like supporting further. But I think like you have to, as a gamer, you have to make that decision yourself. I, I, I don't think, you know, if you look at legislation of the industry, I think it was important that the industry stepped up and created the ESRB because that was an, an instance of like, yeah, games should be rated just like movies because it's important that parents and guardians that don't know video games because you can't expect everyone to if they don't know that mortal Kombat involves decapitations and spines being ripped out like how would they know that if they've never looked at the game now they should do their research first thing yeah however <laughs> is it really that bad to just stick a sticker on the front of a game and say it's rated m and give people a little cheat sheet at the back like oh it's got sexual content nudity and violence maybe this isn't good for my 13 year old you know i think that's important little crib sheets like that and yeah add loot boxes to that crib sheet say in-game purchases beware oh my son is very you know into using my credit card probably not going to get him this game (laughs) you know yeah but it's it's interesting We'll, we'll we'll continue to monitor um i don't i don't anticipate a lot of other countries like jumping on this so quickly but Belgium's all over yeah. it, and I was reading um, on Reddit that you could just change your uh, 
location in your Nintendo yeah, you account. You can get a VPN or do other stuff to allow you to keep playing, but that is on you, not on Nintendo. They are not offering the game or the purchasable loot boxes per se or the, you know, summoning in Belgium. If you're lying to get access to it, that's not Nintendo doing it. No. So. Oh. Yeah. Yep, interesting stuff. We'll keep an eye on it. But, Eddie, what's coming up in the game that we should also be keeping an eye on? Yep. Uh, starting by next week, the 2nd of June, we should have the Bound Hero ba- Battle in Banner for Leaf and Nana. A new one coming up. The Myth Hero Banner uh, with the corresponding battles against the Mythic Heroes and Legendaries, which we'll go over a bit in um, Speculation Corner over uh, later um, but that should be launching on the 30th, uh, as well as a voting gauntlet uh, with potential banners and logins bonus starting on the 31st. Uh, not the gauntlet itself. That probably starts second or third. But yeah, A couple days later. So uh, yep. some cool banners coming up, plenty of summoning to do, and we'll talk a bit about that Mythic Hero and what it could be. Eddie's got some thoughts uh some educated thoughts from what i recall in the notes not that there aren't educated thoughts just that maybe there was a leak of some kind i can't remember now i'm gonna take my foot out of my mouth and let's talk about some brides shall we ah my favorite part of each year when the bridal festival is on once again and this time with a mix of bridal cosplayers and a real married couple eddie Ooh, how fabulous how fabulous should I continue so along this uh, along this sort of, you know, like fashion trend? I've seen sure, an... go go right ahead. Of course, you know, if you're going to be commenting on that. Just about everyone in the um, banner has been bridal cosplayers. No, oh, that's true. Yeah, and we did have one real married couple previously, although they didn't marry until after the first game. I think. Ooh. Maybe not even until after the second game they were in. Who was it? Which was that again? Liliana and uh, Roy? Sita and... Oh, and Marth. Um, Marth. Oh, duh. I Power believe couple. it's technically canon that they got married. So. Oh, they got married. I don't know what that means, but they got married. Yeah, you're right. They were they were pretty into each other in Shadow Dragon. I mean, they were... Uh... Yep. Marth almost let it go, though. Marth was a bit of a... Anyways, like... Marth was a bit oblivious, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our Marth. Go Marth. Uh, well, anyways, that was that was previous. Let's talk about this year's bridal uh, bridal belongings and the Tempest Trial unit that came alongside it. Starting things off with Fiorm, Bride of Rhyme. Fiorm continues her tradition of having her alts dress in white as the Bride of Rhyme, a colorless staff flyer unit wielding J- Jalarbu. I'm guessing that G is silent. <laughs> Jalar, Jal- or the J. Oh my God! One of the two. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're right. Actually, Galar, Galarbru, Galarbru. Fiorm calculates damage from staff like other weapons. At start of turn, if foe's HP is less than or equal to unit's HP minus three, and foe is oh man, this is a lot. Uh, and foe is in cardinal directions, inflicts isolation on foe. Now isolation target cannot use or be. The target of assist skills through its next action. Uh, this includes dance and sing, uh, skills that neutralize penalties like restore and harsh command plus as well. Uh, she has a new skill in the C slot called Ground Orders 3, where at start of turns, grants the following status to adjacent infantry. Armored and cavalry allies for one turn. Unit can move 
Oh gosh, this is a uh, unit can move to a space adjacent to any ally within two spaces. Again, these the way they describe these skills is super helpful for people. Uh, not really. It's tough sometimes to understand what's going on. Uh, rounding out her kit is restore plus as an assist. HP slash attack two in the A slot and dazzling staff in the B slot. Um, Eddie, before we discuss Fjorm here for a little bit, I gotta say, does this one take the cake in in the amount the amount of text to use to describe her skills? And does that mm-hmm. mean she's really good? Um, I think she's pretty decent, if not really good, and for a couple of reasons. Maybe not the amount of text in her thing per se, <laughs> but the isolation is kind of useful. You know, it allows them to, um, you know, you can get uh. Give them penalties, but they can't re- recover from them. You know, stuff like that. Um, you know, and uh, so this new effect, uh, isolation, is interesting and useful. Uh, mm-hmm. And she comes fully equipped uh, out the gate with both uh, Dazzling and, um, you know, Wrathful Staff. Uh, Wrath- Wrathful built into the weapon and Dazzling on her kit. So those are two skills that most healers like to get, and she already has them set up, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, her A skill is, yeah, a little kind of meh, but, you know, can't always have winners in every slot. No, and the fact that she's a staff unit, like, are staff units, like, kind of coming up in the meta? Like, I, I don't really see them a whole lot, to be uh, honest. You know, because they have the um, downside of the fact that their uh, weapon, unless they get the Wrathful skill or the Wrathful uh, Refine, does half the damage of a normal weapon. You know, it, I think the technical calculation, if you don't have Wrathful, is, you know, the normal calculation divided by two. Mm-hmm. Or cut in half. You know, so they tend to be a little iffy and i think they tend to have a little weaker stats uh because you know they can heal other people and all so i don't know if they're necessarily coming up but this does make it so she's a lot easier to use and uh her new c skill uh can be helpful for infantry uh working with her because you know often the issue with infantry is that can't get them as far as you need to get them because of trees or water and with her sea skill, she can fly over it, and they can jump to the other side of her, mm-hmm. you know, or jump to someone else. Yeah, I know it's an ally within two spaces. So yeah. Well, I, I mean, personally, I, I, I think I've I haven't used her a whole lot. Just kind of trying to level up through Tempest Trials, and I have, I have really, I like that. Uh, first of all, I like her art. I think it's really well done. It's got the, you know. Um, it's, is it Niffle? Yes. Yeah, the Niffle, Niffle sort of emblem on her sort of staff, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, and it's really weird to kind of see a hodgepodge of games and then her thrown in. And we were talking about this in Speculation Corner last week or last episode. Um, or no, no, it was in Discord. Sorry, in Discord we were talking no. about it. We we're trying to figure out who that one character would be. It's like, oh, that's Fiorm Hair, but maybe they'll put in like another game, like we were talking about, maybe Awakenings. Like maybe Setsuna, and that didn't. That obviously wasn't the case. Well, that would be Fates, but true, true, yeah. And then we had that conversation as well. <laughs> yeah, always destined to mix those two up. Maybe after we get through Fates, I'll be better. Um, 
but yeah, I really dig her art. I'm glad I got her, and I feel like she's going to be a really cool um, flying staff unit because there seems to be a lot of those going around. So, yep. So, next we have Sigrun, Steadfast Bride. Um, you know, after the stunt that her boss pulled last month, Sigrun is here uh, at uh, help keep an eye on her and protect her. Uh, she comes from the Telia series and is the commander of the Benyan Holy Guards. Uh, essentially, she is Apostle Sanaki's guard. So after Sanaki showing up last year, here comes Sigrun to keep an eye on her, guard her properly. Uh, she is a red flying sword unit. Comes with a new, uh, new uh, weapon, uh, which is essentially, other than Fjorm, the base weapon for um, all the brides this year. Uh, the Cake Cutter Plus, which grants attack and speed plus four during combat. Uh, she also has a new uh, Ether Raid defense skill. Uh, this one being Speed Defense 3. Uh, so like the previous Ether Raid defense skill, um, in Ether Raids on defense, she gets speed and defense plus X during combat based on the number of your defensive structure. Uh, the more defensive structure, the higher the buff, uh, starting at a plus 10 with more than five, five or more buildings. Uh, four buildings gives you a plus 7. Three buildings, plus 4. And anything less only gives you a plus 1. Uh, once the building is destroyed, it does not count. So she's extra tough and fast at the start of the uh, Ether Raid battle, but weakens as it goes on. Uh, she comes with the flyer version of Air Orders, or Ground Orders, which is Air Orders 3, as well as Ardent Sacrifice as her assist skill. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. This So this character being from the Telia series, I, I don't really recognize her, but playing through the uh, Paralogue and then the Tempest Trial sort of intro... You do, you do get. They set up that strong sense of, of her being connected to Sanaki and and uh, yeah, I think she's that was like really the well commander done. of the Holy Guard, so she's in charge of Sanaki's guards. Yeah, and you know what? I gotta say, like of all the, her sword is really cool looking. That she's yeah, got in the art. Quite a cool. Sword. It kind of like it looks like a sword, but it's also got like a cleaver look to it. And the bouquet yeah. at the end is is kind of neat too, like. I think it's it, yeah. again like two dudes critiquing a banner of of brides and one groom. Keep that in mind, folks. But I still think it's really neat. See, like the bride stuff, I can take or leave. But it's sort of like the weapons and and things like that that I I, I really I really like looking at. Like that's my favorite part about these is because they've they've essentially created units that are wearing wedding dresses into battle. And I never thought I would spend time on a podcast discussing that, but I do really like the weapons they they kind of add in here. It's not like spring, and it's like, oh, make them carry a carrot, we'll be fine. In this, they like give them real weapons that just they look really cool. Gotta say, and Sigrun's Sigrun's like giant like orc blade from Lord of the Rings. That's what it kind of looks like with the sort of notch at the end. It's really cool. I like it. Yeah, it's quite a cool weapon. mm Hmm. And have you had any time with Sigrun? Uh, no, I've, uh, you know, like usual, I'm using the 
them since their bonus heroes using them to level up through Tempest Trials, but I've only gotten a chance to hop in with Pence so far. Mm. I built a team for Sigrun to run in with. Now, are you running four Pence in your Tempest Trial, or you, did you just merge uh, them all? No, I went in and found out which is the best uh, stat IV spread, and um, I tend not to save allies unless I already know I want that skill, so I just merged them. Ah. So I have a plus three pent. Nice. You got uh, plus three pent. Well, speaking of pent, pent the fancy fiance, hailing from the blazing blade pent, it pent is the head of Etruria's influential house Reglay and a famous expert in magic who leads the kingdom's army as its mage general. Oh, and he makes quite the handsome groom to his beloved Louise. We'll talk about her in a little bit. A blue tome cavalry unit wielding Vessel of Cheer Plus, where if unit initiates combat, grants attack slash speed plus four during combat. Pent has a new skill in the C slot titled Pulse Smoke 3, which inflicts special cooldown count plus one on target and foes within two spaces of target after combat. Now, um, rounding out his kit is Rally Up Attack Plus as an assist and dull ranged in the B slot. Now, when I was writing this up, Eddie, I could have sworn Pulse Smoke 3 was a skill that already existed. You know, was that a uh, mistake in the video? Or am I... There, am I... there are some pulse, skill, pulse skills already in the game, but mm-hmm. I don't think Pulse Smoke is new. Is Maybe it's like Attack old. Smoke or something I'm thinking uh, of. Well, there's, there's like Attack Smoke and um, there is like uh, Infantry Pulse and stuff like that. But I don't recall Pulse Smoke because I'm pretty sure that is new. Okay. It is, it, like, I noted it was exclamated in the video, so I figured it was new, but um, this is one of those, this is the art of a character where I just talked about weapons for a long time, and then I realized I'm looking at his art, and he is carrying a wine bottle, so. Yes, he's carrying one of the traditional uh, weapons for this type of thing, where it's some random everyday object, and yeah. he's not the first wine bottle. No, because Kagero had Let's a wine see. bottle as well, right? Yeah, but that was a dagger, and um, hmm. uh, Summer Camilla had a glass of wine that she was casting through. Yeah, we talked so. about, I think in Discord there was some discussion about how mages can, you know, uh, use their magic skills through ordinary objects, and it doesn't always have to be a tome or a book. And I guess that makes sense if you want to stretch it and fit this into a, you know, a bridal banner, but... Um, yeah, I guess yes that works. No, I mean it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. I mean, if you're using the um, Gaiden or Echoes version of magic, sure, it, that works fine because you learn skills based on your class, mm-hmm. your magic based on your class. But every other game, you need the book to cast a skill. You can't just use a random book and cast any magic spell you want. You gotta have the specific book to cast that spell. And you can only do it so many times, so it's like you're reading the spell out of the book every time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yeah, it's just how they want to do it for the game, and it works. It's you know, special weapons for special events. I mean, I, I thought Pence art could easily have been like a like a Tempest trial art, like very basic, very fits in the banner, yeah. but not not very kind of over and, the top. Not sure why, yeah, I'm not sure why Pent wasn't the Tempest Trial unit. Uh, you could easily have given Louise Pulse Smoke, because it's not locked out of uh, Archers, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they 
just needed to not give another blue mage for Tempest Trial, or maybe they wanted to have better skills, but... Maybe. Know. No reason that I know of explains why they put him as the in the banner, because he's not a bride. <laughs> well, you can't be a bride without a groom, I suppose. Hmm. Oh, I can. suppose that's, that's part yes, of what can. the festival is, because if Sanaki has a groom, there's something really shady going on. True, and then I also realize that, you know, in Fire Emblems, there are also uh, same-sex marriages as well, so like I take that back. You could have two brides. Apologies. Yep. Uh, what about Tanith? Yes, uh, now, as you were saying, with those weird weapons and thinking they're just casting spells through their wine bottles, uh, Tanith is here as a blue flying lance unit. Uh, she's the deputy commander under Sigrun of uh, Tsunaki's Holy Guard. And she is wielding a stand of flowers as a lance somehow. Well, what you can't see, Eddie, is behind those flowers is a really sharp blade. And then I look at her damage there art. There have to be to <laughs> there's, explain. There's no, there's no blade in there. I take it back. And those aren't even thorny, thorny uh, flowers. So you couldn't even like scratch yeah. someone. Maybe it's a blunt object, I guess. I don't know. But it's supposed to be a lance. So that's the confusing part. But, um, yeah, she's a blue flying lance unit. Uh, she comes with the uh, new, uh, or her weapon, the, uh, what exactly they call it? The Lofty Blossom Plus. Uh, as with all the other, uh, other than Fjorm, all the other uh, bridal weapons come, um, if she initiates combat, she gets attack speed plus four during combat. Uh, she has a new assist skill, Harsh Command Plus. Uh, which neutralizes penalties and negative status effects on her target uh, and last, that lasts through the next action and converts any penalties um, into bonuses. Uh, not sure what the plus does as opposed to the normal version. Uh, I'd have to go in and look at the two different versions to figure out exactly what the difference is, but a slightly upgraded version, and uh, she also has Swift Sparrow to chill attack and fortify fortify flyers rounding out her skill list nice yeah i mean we already we already talked about sort of the the flower stance she's wielding but i think that's solid yeah. art but the fact that she's sharing a blue and i already got a pent i, I don't really want to relive here yeah i mean if, if it was if she was a green unit uh, i could accept it because in um fates uh the uh, Hoshiden version of axes were clubs, but she's a lance wielder, and she has a pot of flowers that she's stabbing people with. Apparently, yeah. Maybe I spoke too soon with the weapons, and maybe you organize these heroes in a way. Although our next hero, Louise, uh, definitely has a definitely has a bow. So, yes. although with no string again, they did that again. Oh no, there's a string there, but in the damaged art, there's no string. Never mind, there is a string. No, the I need to look closer. string got cut. Yeah. I'm not very good at this whole looking thing. Uh, Louise, Eternal Devotion. Completing the Blazing Blade power couple with Pent is Louise. Well known for her radiant smile and her kind-hearted nature, she sews up to bridal battle as a colorless cavalry archer. Wielding Bouquet Bow Plus, where if unit initiates combat, grants attack slash speed plus four during combat. 
Being a Tempest Trial unit, there are no new skills for Louise, but her kit is made up of Reciprocal Aid as an Assist, Attack Slash Speed Bond 3 in the A slot, and Hone Cavalry in the C slot. So, pretty bare-bones character, but again, it was nice of them to complete a couple with uh, Pent and Louise. I thought that was nice. And Yeah, and most Tempest Trial units, or Bound Hero Battle units, are fairly bare-bones, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no surprise and no qualms, for sure. It's just... But I thought her art is really good. Like, it's solid art, yep. especially for a Tempest Trials. Fits right in. I really like sort of the um, weird mock wings she's got on her dress. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Again, two dudes critiquing wedding dresses, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And she has a real weapon, which, again, going back to my original point, really like when they do that. <laughs> yes. But she did uh, deck it out with flowers, so... That's fine by me. Flourish. Yep. Uh, you know, add a little flair to your to your weapon of choice. Nothing wrong with that, but... Uh, it, yeah, it's not as bad as Noir's bow from last year. No, she did not deck that out with much. <laughs> she did not deck herself out with much. Um, wasn't she well, just, no, like, shooting coconuts? I was more referring to the fact... Yeah, she shot coconuts on the end of the arrow, so she enhanced her damage by dulling the arrow points and sticking them in coconuts i mean have you ever seen a sketch where someone gets hit with a coconut it looks like it hurts yeah uh somehow i think uh arrowhead sticking into you might hurt a little more but is it as funny Just my guess as a coconut okay no not as funny so agree to disagree is what we're saying uh but but all in all a very solid banner i i think again i uh, i think we're coming up with a bunch of banners where it's like okay yeah uh we're gonna discuss some some weird some weird things in this game and i think bridal banner is not weird it's just it's different from many it's the only game where i that i've played where there are straight up um people dressed in in wedding dresses i'm more than happy to throw that out there but i think we've got We've got some more fun ones coming up with summer approaching and whatnot. I still think they should do like a graduation banner in June. I think that would be fun. Um, just we'll throwing it out there. Yeah. We'll see in a month. Yeah. But speaking of speculation. Although I'm not sure graduation necessarily happens at the same time in Japan. And No, you're right. It's It could so, be J- April, May, June. Or, or is even as big a deal in Japan as it is since can be here. Maybe theirs is just it's they don't celebrate graduation they celebrate going to work because they're a very uh, hardworking uh, country right? Yep. So. Oh, office banner that would be good. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we mentioned earlier, the mythic heroes coming up, um, and we were wondering, you know, for speculation, we were gonna go ahead and go over who we think the new mythic character might be. However. Um, with isolation coming into the game, the Learn with Sharina website, or the Greeting the Hero Sharina website, uh, gave us a page showing the showing some of the new um, uh, status effect symbols. And among those was one that was um, effective against dragons. Hmm. And in that description of that new uh, status effect, it speaks of the defi- divine fang or divine something to do with divine fang, and I think um, I think I heard in like the actual Japanese translation, direct translation is divine dragon king fang or something like that, which happens divine dragon king happens to be the uh, Japanese name for naga or title for naga. 
So it's a strong hint from that website that it might end up being Naga. Hmm. The dragon who gave us Falchion and all the other dragon-killing blades. Yeah, and I looked a bit into, you know, Naga just kind of pulled up her Fire Emblem Wikia page, and um, she's had a pretty... Is it a she or a he? Sorry. I, I just uh, assume... I believe it was... it's usually portrayed as a she. Yeah, so uh, N- Naga, I kind of... It looked like she's had a hand in a good chunk of the Fire Emblem games, at least in the background, making uh, making an appearance in Awakening as a first appearance on screen. Oh, did she actually appear in Awakening? I don't remember that. I guess I guess no. chapter twenty. I don't remember it personally, but I guess chapter twenty-four. Okay, and yeah, she. I mean, Awakening takes place in the same world as um, uh, the original trilogy of uh, Shadow Dragon. Or Dark Dragon and the Blade of Light. It's like the Arcanea uh, series. Yeah, the Arcania series, as well as, you know, Echoes being part of that. So, you know, that puts her in the same world as them. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the other worlds reference Naga as one of the uh, main people. I don't remember for sure, but I know that that's definitely the world that, uh, you know, Arcania and Awakening are in. Yeah. Big influence, would certainly fit as a mythic hero, so hopefully we'll find out in, what, a couple days? Yep, uh, the banner should launch on the 30th, I believe it's said. So we should get the trailer no later than uh, 11 p.m. on the 28th. Okay. Well, that's good. Cool. Well, uh, let's move forward. We got some really cool news in the Alperum Gate about uh, three houses. Uh, including how the game will be structured and eddie i think you've really summed this up really well because uh this is the best this is the best summary i've seen so far i know there was some discussion in discord but i want to know like what did famitsu shed light on this week uh yep from the way it looks is that the game uh will be broken into 30 day months uh with a story battle at the end of each month to progress to the next month um throughout the month you'll be able to do limited number of things each day uh, from what I saw, it will in, or could see will increase as Byleth progresses as a teacher. Um, you know, there's a lot more that you can find on Serene's Forest, or I watched the Lucky Crit video that he did going over the details. So lots of details out there, and more have been coming out fairly regularly. So mm-hmm. that you know, it's interesting because we weren't really sure how the school aspects would play into what we know as a traditional fire emblem game so the 30-day setup with your ability to sort of interact with characters kind of feels like a replacement to what they introduced in the 3ds era which we'll talk about in a bit which were the castle stuff right yes so is this like essentially the metagame the school this is how they're set up the metagame basically Uh, yeah and it also limits things because in the castle you know between chapters you could do as much as you wanted for as long as you wanted um to be honest, I finished chapter 10 like two and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've, you know, since I have the DLC, uh, the, you know, extra chapters, I've been, you know, doing mostly that. And it doesn't yell at me for taking too long. But this 30 day month thing with the limited number of things will limit what you can do. You know? Yeah. And there are certain days that certain things won't be accessible or. Certain things will only be accessible on certain days. You know, like maybe like weekends only you can do these tasks. 
Uh, you know, going out to fight bandits is some of the options you can do, but you can't do unlimited amount. You have, you know, I think it starts with like two or three tasks a day. And as we saw from previous ones, like certain tasks can only complete, be completed a certain number of times. You know, so and it, it, it's sorry. No, I was going to say it's uh it could also be a way to kind of encourage you to re- replay the game because maybe you maybe you want to focus on specific heroes and build them up in the 30-day you know, calendar, and then the next playthrough you want to look at different characters, right? So Yeah, also, I mean, we still don't know for sure how the... Yeah. Um, how fully... Are, essentially, how choosing a house will affect things. Yeah. You know? So, I mean... We, we know that choosing a house gives you a certain set of characters to start with, mm-hmm. but we have no knowledge as of yet whether, you know, you'll get the rest of the school later on or not. Yeah. You know? Well, we, uh, we won't have long to wait, and I think in our sort of every episode we'll, we'll remind everybody, but as of right now, we are at the two-month mark for three houses coming out so best prepare whatever your your vouchers your pre-order whatever you're looking to do uh three houses will be out in two months and i and i do expect you know a a deep dive from nintendo directly in a nintendo direct probably late june maybe early july to kind of give us um um, an idea like a closer look if we get any more of a closer look i expect it to be at e3 Oh yeah, well, well there'll, there'll be something at E three for sure, but, but yeah, it feels and maybe they'll do a Fire Emblem specific or Fire Emblem Three Houses specific direct, but kind of feels like they already covered all of that. So yeah, I'm not sure how much there is for them to do a full if they're likely to do another full direct on it. You're probably right. So. Uh, yeah, I you know I keep I keep spacing. E three is it, well okay in two weeks. We'll definitely have a bunch more cool stuff to talk about about three houses because e3 is in two weeks can't wait um, or or they'll skip it and do a uh nintendo direct like you're expecting and we'll have nothing to talk about <laughs> we'll find out in two weeks we will either way two weeks I, I fully expect it to be covered if not in the actual video as one of their big things in the um treehouse thing they do at e3 if they're still doing that Mm-hmm. Oh, I think they will. They are doing Treehouse, and I assume Three Houses will will get a will get a chunk of time. So we'll uh, we'll be sure to watch those, check those out, and report back on the net yeah. on the uh, future Outrun game. Th- thinking about it, what does Nintendo have this year? That in Pokemon. So Pokemon, Animal Crossing, Luigi's Mansion is oh, all. Oh yeah, Animal Crossing yeah. is scheduled to come out this year, and still has no info at all. Yeah, yeah. So. All we have is sort of a pre-rendered. Um, uh, what was that guy's name? Tom Nook, kind of looking sad that he wasn't invited uh, to the camp. Speaking of, before we slipped on to um, Game Club, uh, you mentioned a moment ago as vouchers. Uh, in case you somehow were under a rock and missed this, uh, Nintendo is doing a special thing called uh, Game Vouchers, where you can essentially pre-buy two games for uh, $20 off or whatever. And... Um, use them later on if you want uh and three houses will end up being part of that so you may consider using that as a way to get it i think it does mean you have to buy it digitally though so that does limit it that way you prefer physical copies 
Yeah. I think I'll be getting, I think I'll be going digital unless there's a big E3 sale that uh, locally here, because usually I can sometimes get Nintendo games for for a discount, but um, I, I, I don't think I'll, I'll be lucky enough to get three houses yeah. at a discount, so. Yeah, and that, well, that's based on the store as opposed to actual Nintendo. Yeah, but that's right. the store saying, oh, we'll sell it to you cheaper because we want to get the pre-order. Exactly, exactly. But I think the vouchers is currently the best deal for Nintendo games at this point at this point yes. in time and um, to get to be able to get the vouchers you do have to have nintendo online yeah which if you have amazon prime you have a free month free year of it i don't know when the three month one expires but i believe if you get that then two months later you can get another nine months yeah for sure so uh definitely check out your twitch prime account if you have that but um we should move on to game club which we are talking yes. about fire emblem fates conquest uh i will start things off by apologizing we're only going to talk about chapter 9 and 10 because these games are beefy and conquest is hard and we'll talk a bit more about that in a little bit but first off eddie why don't you get us going on the story summary uh so we start in chapter 9 uh, after returning to Norse capital once again iago is your best friend and trying to get you killed as hard as he can just like in the least and everyone else showed up um yeah instead garen gives you another task uh, to rid Notris, I guess, of Hoshidans. Um, in order to get there, you have to go through Fort Dragonfall, which are the remains of an ancient dragon. Uh, there you find the Hoshidans have occupied it, and Azura, uh, quote-unquote, joins you at the start of the chapter. Uh, she ends up starting like ha- across the map from you with no weapon in, at level one, or maybe whatever level you got her to before... Um, the first chapter ended, that uh, you know, chapter five, I think it was when you first encountered had her. Um, and you can recruit. There's a new, our first recruitable character, uh, Nix, maybe one of our only recruitable characters, not counting the children units. Uh, who, um, if you talk to her, you can recruit her. Um, I didn't use Corin, but you probably do need to use her, or him. Uh, could be that you can talk to her with anyone, but. I just used Corrin anyway, so or mm-hmm. my version of Corrin. Uh, at the end of the chapter, Azura explains that because she was not a native Hoshidan, um, the populace has been treating her poorly and with distrust since the war started, even though the royals were defending her. And she was kidnapped by this group of uh, men, and she fully joins you at that point. So. Yeah. Oh, it's good. And then in chapter 10, you reach the port leading to Notre Sagis, and uh, you're attacked by Takumi and his retainers. Holding out for 11 turns, Camilla, Baruka, and Severa, or uh, she, Selena in this game, uh, they join you after a few turns in chapter 10. Gotta say, chapter 10 is what completely held me up. Uh, I was able to catch up from last week, or last episode, and then get in through chapter, chapter 9. But chapter ten, um, man, it was it. Uh, I was had a hard time getting through that um, without losing units, and eventually I did. I had to look at a guide. But this was probably the first chapter where it was like you can't brute force this. You have to use tactics. You have to think about what tools and what choke points are being offered to you by the map. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you have a similar issue with uh, chapter ten? Um. Like I said, I was I think I was already starting to use some of the um uh powering up stuff uh, mm. the you know 
doing the boot camp to power up. Um, but even so, um, I had Niles pretty much always on his ballista there, and um, I had reclassed uh, Elise from healer to uh, what is it? One of the things you get for um, Dark Flyer or whatever. It's one of the special ones you get for owning all three ch- paths of the game. Oh. Uh, it's a special class, and she was pretty powerful in that class. Uh, doubling and hitting with hitting with high damage. So she helped kill a lot. Um, it was challenging to... Um, it was a bit challenging because there were a couple points where the they were breathing down, breathing down on me. But through using Azura to give people extra attacks and moving them around, I was able to get by without much trouble. Yeah, I gotta say though, I really enjoyed the map setup. I thought it was really cool. And again, I don't remember using a lot of tactics in Birthright. It was mostly just kind of like positioning your characters well baiting and then kind of conquering but in this you i liked the idea of using the ballistas and the fire orbs to kind of you know chew people down and then kind of create checkpoints with some of your stronger units and camilla who they offered you in this chapter is essentially a power unit right um and as familiar as i am with camilla from birthright and fire emblem heroes uh i've never really i get this is the first time i've used her in a fire emblem game uh outside of Faye, that is but uh yeah she's she's pretty powerful and i forgot that she was also a mage right she could use she could use tones yep she's in uh secondary or a promoted class of the uh wyvern knight or whatever or maybe the wyvern knight's the new one but yeah she can use tones as well mm-hmm. so but no it was but it was she's tough. not as powerful with the tone no no her axe her steel axe was was basically killing things but um yeah no i i had a rough time with chapter 10 once i did finish it i was like okay i'm good uh moving moving on from from uh, this game we'll we'll certainly revisit it but um did you uh, end up playing question. yeah go ahead sorry go ahead did did takumi uh burn down the water yes yeah he did magically yeah, he okay. used a dragon. Vein. I wasn't sure if it was a yeah. I wasn't sure if it was a preset thing or if it was because I got to a certain point, got close enough that he did that to give his man a bit advantage. But which also that would never that would be impossible unless somehow he the dragon vein created a wall further out to prevent it from flooding back in. But yeah, no, that's you're not going to have a port on the sea. You're not going to be able to melt or you know dry up the entire sea. Well, something, one of the guy that I was listening to, or I was I was reading through, was saying that it might have been the tide, like him controlling the tide. But even then, it's like, well, that's messed. That's even worse. Like if he messed with the tide, that affects a lot more than just that little port. Like that's yeah. some some dragon vein that can like basically emulate the moon. Like holy crap. Um, but yeah, no, he did do that, I think, around Chapter 9, and that basically screws things up because essentially all the choke, choke points you set up with your units, now it's all opened up. It creates more choke points, and people are able to just cross through uh, th- cross through the canal. Yeah. So that creates other heartache. And they have some units that completely ignore your units and beeline it for... So it's a defense mode. You have to protect the green, green spaces, and they will beeline past your units and go straight for green, and then you fail. I had a couple of those as well where I'm like, how did I fail? Who died? Corn didn't die. No, someone had beelined it past my units. I, I completely, 
I thought I was baiting them, and sure enough, they weren't interested in me. They were just trying to cross the finish line. So had a couple of false uh, false wins on that one, too. But Yeah, you had to keep an eye out and make sure you either have it walled off by people or have you know the people killed before they can try and get around. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you do your invasion battle? You might have done it a while ago since I've been playing catch up and, and pretty just sure I it. have. And that's just you know random, ki- you know random people showing up in the my castle thing. Is it an online thing? I thought it was just something that it was part of the game. It's these ones are there's like two or three that are show up randomly as part of the game, as an extra random battle or hmm. whatever. But it is also what you can do for online. You can invade other castles or have let them try to invade your castle and fight them. But it doesn't give you XP when you do the online stuff, right? I don't think so. Yeah, because I was getting but XP. If, I think this if is you a... defeated in a certain way. You can um, you might get XP. I don't know. And I haven't tried it. If you defeat it in a certain way, I know you can recruit a character unit for free. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look into that. But yeah, I did my invasion battle, and again, like I think early on, it's just basically like again, a, a you know, protect protect the throne. Um, yep. but uh, no, yeah. just so you know, um, I'm not sure you're able to switch to classic or casual. Oh yeah, this was something I was talking to you about, in that I'm I was contemplating switching to casual, but I saw there's a difficulty change option in the next battle menu, but I haven't clicked on it because I'm too. But I afraid. think that's like normal down to easy, or whatever the actual difficulty, the mode classic or casual. Once you start the game, it's locked that way. I think you're right, which is unfortunate. So, but you can't swap to casual, which I'll admit at this point I did play casual or choose casual when I started the game. Uh, but I haven't used it yet. If I lose a character, I reset. Even though technically they'll come back the next round. Um, I'm playing it like it's classic, but I have casual as a backup. If we get to a point where it's like we need to keep going and I really can't afford to replay it 20 times mm-hmm. to try and win it. Yeah. No, I, I, I guess I'm not, I was more frustrated. I don't think I'll, I, even if I could switch, I don't think I would. I, I do like playing classic. It makes me think more tactically, but I guess when I'm trying to push through, I do often get a little hasty. So I think that's my, that was my problem mostly with chapter 10 is that it's not a, it's not a map you can rush through. It's, it's, uh, it's a yeah, little it's, tougher it's than that. It's not a map where you need to make sure you get out there and kill everyone. It's better to let them come to you and stay right outside of their range so that you aren't getting too damaged on the way on the way there. Yeah. Um, but let's rewind a bit and talk about uh, Nyx, this new recruitable hero, because uh, yes. she's got that weird... Um, it's a common Fire Emblem trope where she's like quite young, but she says she's like an older being and she's like this crazy wizard thing, right? So yeah, um, I think in her discussions with Corin, or the main ca- your character, she explains she cast a curse and as a side effect or a punishment for that curse, or had a curse cast on her for what she had done. Uh, she does not age any more than she currently is. So, or her her looks do not age any further. So, she's kind of vampire like in that she's possibly hundreds of years old or at least uh you know much older than she looks 
Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I'm calling this right now. I'm pairing her with Odin. And I hope that they can be a couple because I think they would be like a really good couple. Just playing matchmaker here a little bit. Like they both have that weird like edge to themselves. Like Odin's all like, oh, I'm a dark destroyer. And Nyx is is literally a dark destroyer. So I I thought that would be be funny. I'll report back. Not a bad choice. And they're both mages. Um, I believe I looked at, uh, I found a website that talked about it and gave suggested parents for the, um, you know, suggested partners for the parents of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have Niles pairing up with her. Okay. And I think Odin and Elise are getting together in mind. Oh. So. Not too bad. I mean, obviously, that's something that will pop up as we start. Have you paired anybody yet? Like, I know you're kind of grinding uh, out I a little have bit. Effie and Silas paired. I have yet to go into the paralogue and pick up Sophie. Mm-hmm. But I have Effie and Silas have reached S rank. Um, I believe Camilla and Arthur are working towards it. Um, like I said, Niles and Nix and um, uh, Odin and Elise are working that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, who did I pick? Azura I finally, I picked up and I have her working with um, Jacob. So. That's not bad. Well, we'll, do, we'll certainly report back in, in, the, in future weeks, but... Uh, for next time, we are going to do 11 through 13, um, and if we do more, we'll certainly talk more, but uh, the way I'm progressing, I think this, that's a good a good uh, collection of chapters, because you know, I often forget, these chapters are much beefier than uh, both in terms of difficulty and story they're presenting, so I find it really helps the discussion when there's less to talk about, or less story yeah. chapters to talk about, uh, so we can kind of focus in a little more, but um, that's the goal for for the future so if you're playing yeah, along the, certainly keep up <laughs> yeah these, these are the games that where i definitely remember the further in you get the longer the chapters can take so yep you know cool well uh eddie that's going to do it for this week's episode of summoner's call you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay email the show your thoughts about the bridal banner fay at gamersinpodcast.com Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphyeddie at Drelfear. And don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy Mythic Summoning. Mm-hmm.